Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Send It ATV podcast. Today, I have a great guest coming from Idaho. Going to talk about the area um, there. It's just an incredible riding area, just incredibly beautiful with majestic views and such. Um, he is actually the president of the Magic Valley ATV video, um, uh, club there in Idaho. And without further ado, Mr. Kent Oliver, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Shane. Thank you for inviting us on. Oh, well, thank you for agreeing to meet with us today and, uh, you know, sharing your story and talking about your club. You know, you have a lot of interesting things going on there and uh, that really people need to know about. Exactly. Um, so uh, what is the makeup of your club? You know, what type of uh, members do you have and the vehicles and such? Um, the, the, demo the demographics of our club is... Um, We've got some younger people and we've got a lot of older retired folks. Um, okay. So we've got one rider who's on a motorcycle, but he's converted to an ATV. So we're ATV, uh, the side-by-side -side 50 inch up to some of the bigger 72 and 60 inch machines. Okay, great, great. So that's quite a, uh, quite a spread of members and such. Uh, basically, come one, come all. <laughs> hey, we're we're uh, we're family oriented. That's exactly how we want it to be. We completely believe in no alcohol on our rides. So, right, want to go out and enjoy it. Great, that's awesome. Um, now, how many members are in your club? We have over 150 members in our club, and that's usually the low end of our of our membership. And with COVID, it's a lot of people are still kind of out, don't know what they're going to do. So, right. Well, hopefully, uh, as things improve, uh, that'll go back up for you and get more people involved and such, um, and so forth. Um, now, what is it you guys do with the? I understand you guys work with some of the land managers there in Idaho and such. What is what all is it that you're doing? Well, <clears throat> we as a club are. Uh, we work with our public land managers, primarily with the Forest Service, um, because that's where the bulk of our trail systems are. Um, so we work with them on maintaining the trails to make sure that they're safe for the users. Um, if there's any structures or anything we need to build, we'll help them uh, take care of that. We write um, letters and support for some of their projects that they have going on. Um, but we're boots on the ground. We go out there and and we brush trails, we move down trees, and we put some sweat equity into making sure the trails are safe by with shovels and plaskies and everything else and providing meals for people. Right. <laughs> come out work. Well, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll work for food. <laughs> but <laughs> essentially, uh, you know, just making the sport better for everyone. And, you know, I'm you know, charging everybody or challenging everybody to at least give one full solid day of, you know, helping out. And it's amazing. Like if everybody were to do that just once, you know, a season, it's amazing how much work can get done um, with all the oh, different yeah. groups out there. If you contact the, the local groups or even the local public land managers, um, they can direct you or if they've got projects that they're doing, they're looking for volunteers all the time to help with various different things, whether it's trail maintenance or even some of the campground um, repairs and stuff that they need to have done. So, Right, right. Yeah, and it's just great, you know, just people getting um, together and so forth. Um, 
how long has the Magic Valley ATV Club been in, in place? We originally were um, part of the Magic Valley Trail Machine Association. Our members branched off from there in about 2007. Um, so what we did is when we when they branched off, and I wasn't affiliated with them at that time, but when they branched off was so they could focus on the 50-inch uh, trails for the ATVs. Um, what was going on about that time was the Forest Service was starting to go through their travel planning process. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to make sure that there was an equal representation for the single track trails that were already established and to be and some that would be either eliminated or rebuilt and to make sure that we had the riding opportunities also for the ATVs. Okay, great. Yeah, because I mean, it was about that time when ATV, you know, the UTVs and uh, side-by-sides and such were getting really coming into the marketplace. Um, that was a little bit later when the, the side-by-side started coming in. It was ATVs. ATVs started actually, um, the first ATV that I've been affiliated with was 1984. <laughs> was a Moto, a Yamaha Moto 4. We bought it for my dad on the farm. So we got tired of taking him to the hospital because he was trying to pick his motorcycle up because it fell over on a ditch bank. <laughs> and then the side-by-side started coming in later on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, though, what was the, you know, talking about that, what was your first ATV experience? Well, I mean, you said that was the Yamaha then, or? Yeah, it was a little rear wheel drive, solid axle, rough riding, son of a gun. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we, I started with it on the farm and then I started using it hunting. Uh, and then we started taking it camping with us. And of course, then there wasn't very many trails was wide enough for it. Um, right. But so then it started progressing from there as the trails started getting wider and mm -hmm. 50 inch trails are starting to be established. Cool. What's one of your uh, funniest stories that you have um, in your past, you know, or even recently that um, makes you chuckle? Well, there's a couple of them. And I got to tell the first one because he's on my predecessor as the past president of the club. Uh -huh. We were on a trail ride a few years ago and, uh, it's during the, the winter months and you know, um, fall and, and spring when we can't get up into the higher elevations to ride because of the snowpack, right. we start riding a lot more desert. And of course, it's cooler in the winter to ride the desert than it is in the summertime. It just gets too hot. And so we're riding along on a trail and he wasn't exactly sure where, this, where the trail was. So he was kind of holding to the bottom of the draw. And uh, then all of a sudden, him and his wife, he had a side beside, he's riding a razor. Him and his wife just all of a sudden just went out of sight. And it's like all we could see was the side of the machine. It's like, what the heck happened? Well, we have what's called tumbleweeds that in our, our country here, and they can mm -hmm. be anywhere from the size of a little beach ball to the full size of a side by side. I mean, they grow big out here. Right. And he was just riding along, and there was a, some tumbleweeds there, and he didn't think much of it. And he rode right, right along that edge. And that was a big, deep wash. So put him and his wife down into it. You know, first, he was like, oh, my gosh, hope they're okay. And then there was the chuckle of, you know, going on. So, <laughs> took some work, but we got him winched up out of there. Had to flip the machine back up so we could get him uprighted and everything. And, uh, and then we do a hot dog ride in one of our favorite places in the spring. And uh, I was leading the ride. And again, we have some washes that we just love to play in and and ride down and 
we're going down this wash. Well, we weren't able to ride last year because of COVID. You know, things was all shut down. We just couldn't mm-hmm. get out and ride like we wanted to. And so we're going down this wash and hadn't been ridden. So a lot of the tumbleweeds for two years now have built up in there. Hadn't been ridden over. Not oh, down. right. So wife and I are going along there and I'm looking at these tumbleweeds. This one big mass. I said, ah, I think you can get through there. Well, I made the mistake and hung to the right instead of going to the left. And the next thing we know, we're just bouncing like a Bronco, just almost trying to flip over. It's like, what the heck? Well, there was some sod that had fallen off the bank. We didn't know. And we'd gone over that. So we were stuck in between them. And so we had to hook, <laughs> told the wife, I'm sitting there trying to go back and forth. And I said, you can get out if you want to. And I don't even think I finished the sentence, the conversation. She was <laughs> out of the razor and, up on the top, and she had her camera going. I mean, it was oh, of course. Gonna, yeah. She's going to video mm-hmm. it. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. We worked on it a while and I was able to maneuver it around. We got a strap on me, keep me from flopping over and we got it up out of the, the wash, but you just never know. You just right. Know. I mean, just, everybody if, was, nobody was hurt. And it was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. As long as no one gets hurt and you know, you have a good story afterward and you know, machines not hurt too bad or whatever, a little scratch or something, but, uh, that's, that's funny. Oh, that's great. Um, What's the, one of the best places you've ever ridden to? Oh, man. You know, it's hard to just pick one spot. Um, every part of Idaho, which is the gym state, and it's a hidden gym, mm-hmm. it, all, it all has a different view, a different thing that it brings to the table for scenic value. And, you know, we've got some real good um, – eight 50 inch trails in our neck of the woods here and what we call the South Hills of the Sawtooth National Forest. Um, we've got some good trail riding that we can do in the Northern part. A lot of it's roads, Jeep trails and stuff. Right. But we can get to some ma- some mountain tops up there in the 10, 11,000 foot range. And you can see for miles. And uh, <clears throat> I, uh, a guy who had retired from, um, Oh, shoot, I can't think of the name of the police department. He retired to uh, back east. And he moved his family out here to retire. And he went to work for our uh, police officer standards and training. And I said, hey, why don't you come out and go for a ride with us? Because he was talking about riding the Hatfield and McCoy Trail. Oh. And, and the East Coast part of us says, oh, I says, that's nothing. So he come, we, we got our, got an ATV ready for him and he went out, we went riding and we rode up on top of this big hill and, and he looked his man, this is pretty good. And I says, Oh, you can see nothing yet because it's mostly roads to get where we were going. And so we get up on this big mountaintop and we're looking around and he says, man, this is, this is really good. And I says, yeah. And I says, right over there in the distance, he says, yeah, he said big old mountain range over there, the Ruby mountains and the Wahi mountains and the Jarbridge mountains over there. He says, yeah, I said, we can ride that. Matter of fact, we could ride from here to that. He goes, no way. Uh-huh. So he turned, looked to the south. I said, all those mountains there in northern Nevada? He says, yeah, we have access. We can get to that. He was just, he couldn't believe it. The difference between what you guys have on the east coast and what we have mm-hmm. on the west. Oh, yeah. Idaho is about 63% of Idaho is public lands. And so that's what makes a big difference. And, of course, mm-hmm. when it comes to the riding style, that's changes in another direction. So, right, right. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, we're um, we're definitely behind out here, but fortunately, with the you know a lot of hard work, like people such as yourself, you know, club members, and really, it's the leadership though 
that really put in the blood, sweat, and tears on a regular basis. They're connecting all these trail systems, and more and more people are selling the idea of what it is to um, be able to leave from your backyard and hit a trail system and just keep going. If you want to get somewhere, it's just a matter of knowing what trails to take in order to get there. Um, but um, we are definitely behind um, up here, you know, on the East Coast. But uh, more and more as time goes on, especially with last year and the amount of people that were involved, uh, some big things happened. And we still have a long ways to go, though. Yeah, but it just takes time. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that for us that COVID did is it brought out a lot, a lot of more users um, got congregated in, a, in an area. See, for us in southern Idaho, there's a lot of places to ride during the spring. We can't mm. get into some places because of seasonal closure, snowpack, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but what COVID did to us is some of the areas to the south, like Moab, Utah, um, and some of that prime area that people would be traveling to in the springtime to ride, it was all closed. And people wanted to get out. The weather's beautiful. It's warm. So they, they, they started recreating closer to home. Not a problem. I, you know, I advocate for people, you know, you recreate close to home, know where you're going, but know where you're going. Know before you go. The problem we ran into last year, and this really created a lot of tension in, in our area, was we don't have the open riding areas. We don't have like state parks where you can just go and just ride wherever mm -hmm. we have a lot of we have a few areas like the bruno or the uh, saint anthony sand dunes big riding areas very popular it's a very busy place <clears throat> but for for the big mecca but we just don't have that what we have is we have a lot of trail riding or jeep trails mm -hmm. and roads that get you into some beautiful places some fantastic places but when you get individuals who get out there and they just tear up the country and destroy livelihoods we have we've got some areas that are private land we've got some public lands that has a multi-use um there's a lot of grazing in idaho big lot of grazing in idaho so a lot of the meadows the marshes the grasslands that's that's somebody's livelihood Right. That's a rancher who's got that allotment, who has very big restrictions placed on him by the public land managers on how he, when he can graze it, how he can graze it, how long he can be there when he can get there, or mm -hmm. that family can get there. But when you get a group of people that go out there and they look at it and they just spin cookies, riding all over it and destroy it, it, it may take a year or two before it recovers. Right. Point. Um, and then with the fires, that has really, really hit, hit us hard on the West. Um, we had one fire that in our area, which was over 90,000 acres of some of our prime 50-inch uh, trail riding area. Mm -hmm. So that's all in a seasonal or in a uh, fire closure right now. Maybe it's going to open in July 30th, which we would be able to ride it usually in June, depending on the snowpack. But it's mm -hmm. in July before it's scheduled to reopen unless the ranger opens it earlier. We're just all, as we spoke earlier, it's, it's just going to be depending on what our runoff does for us. Right. I don't think it's going to be too favorable because we've had some real warm temperatures 
And then the other day we had some high, exceptionally high winds and that's like a blowtorch. Right. So that snowpack starts to come off on hills, on steep hillsides that literally has very little, if any vegetation because of the fire. Mm -hmm. It's just a makings for mudslides. Oh, right. Rock slides and, and everything. So I know there's a couple of trails that probably will not get open because of rocks are keep coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Soil's not stable enough. So it's just know before you go, know where you can just go out and just open ride and know where you're just a trail ride and respect that. That's, and that's the, I sat on a, a, um, uh, kind of a steering committee with the Idaho rangeland coalition mm-hmm. a collaboration. And that's one of the, it, I mean, ranchers are really, they, they'd really, you know, kind of want to work with people, but when people are destroying their land, just because yeah. the road goes across private land, it's private people just drive across the road. You get to the public land on the other side and enjoy it. They right. just, it's, it's uh, it it does create some uh, some problems, and we've worked so hard over the years to try and foster this relationship, this cooperative effort with these other organizations, these groups, and just to have one summer set us back. Yeah, really, it takes thousands of hours to get one thing put into place, and five seconds of someone's poor decisions can ruin all of it. And it's oh yeah. Just- it's yeah. amazing how badly one person can affect everyone. And uh, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And so where would someone go to find out, like you don't know before you go, where would be a good resource for them to go to? Well, um, if, you, if you're going to recreate on the uh, National Forest Service lands, mm-hmm. you can find out which Forest Service um, division it is. Like we have Sawtooth National Forest here. We have Boise National Forest, Nez Pierce. Uh, there's, whole, I mean, there's a map. You just go to the Forest Service. They'll give you a map of the state. You can go in and select where the area you want to ride. And then you just follow their links to mm-hmm. their, what they call their motor vehicle use maps. Right. Um, on our website, I try to maintain that link for in our area. So Northern Nevada, uh, Utah, Wyoming, where our members go into those links to those Forest Service um, motor vehicle maps where they can go in, you can download them uh, as a PDF. So mm-hmm. you've got it, you can either print a copy or put it on your tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there, and then another place that you can get those is through the Avenza program because they work closely with the Avenza program. Okay. Yeah. Once you download that, you can go in and you can search their uh, library or their store and get those maps. They're free. The motor vehicle yep. use maps are free. Um, and each year, if there's an update, they'll notify you there's an update and you just download the new update once you've got it downloaded. Um, there's mapping systems like Gaia and right. some of those other ones. Mm-hmm. The problem I found with some of those, I'm not saying that they're bad. They're really good because I run Gaia myself as well as Avenza. What I find with some of those is some of their motor vehicle use maps that they have on their sites mm-hmm. aren't quite accurate because there's some changes that comes all the time. Right. Some forests, there's no change whatsoever. If I think one of them in Nevada hasn't had any changes since like 2014 is their mm-hmm. most recent motor vehicle use map. They just haven't done any, any trail changes. Right. So it hasn't been changed. Um, but like the Sawtooth comes out with one 
every year they have a new one. Sometimes there's a minor change and sometimes there's no change whatsoever. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're sending it back out again with the 2021 number right. on it so that you know you've got the most current one there is. Sure. And that, and that makes well, sense. Absolutely. Right. Um, and the, the Bureau of Land Management is um, going through some travel planning. So they don't really have, for say, a lot of travel maps out there to let you know, you know, what's this, what's that. Um, but they're working on, there are some out there. So it's just kind of hit and miss. Uh, one of the biggest things for like um, Gaia, for instance, there's the layer of public lands mm -hmm. that you can overlay into your map, your, your base map that you're going to use when you ride in an area. Right. Yep. So you'll have a color code. What's, what is state lands, what is BLM lands, and what is Forest Service lands. And then you'll see the white, sometimes square, rectangle, or polygon-sided, that is probably um, private lands. Right, right. Watch those. So there's there, the, the Forest Service is pretty good about, they've already got their travel planning done. They did that back in the uh, early 2000s going through and I think it was 2012 before we or 13 before we finally solidified some of them because they get challenged and a lot of the challenges actually came from uh, the environmental groups okay yeah well I mean uh, it's just great you know just make sure you're you know following those maps events and maps and so forth and just stay on the trails yes. <laughs> you know just you can't you know emphasize enough you know, people is just stay on the trails so that way you're not taking away our privilege because it's not a right you know when someone yeah. lets you ride across their land they're extending a privilege to you uh, yes. but you know and so that's great i mean thank you um let's see what's on your uh is there a place that someplace in the world or in the nation that you haven't been to that you'd really love to be able to go to <laughs> Oh, well, the wife, because I'm, I'm semi-retired mm -hmm. and the wife is getting ready to look at the same prospect, <clears throat> we've been watching. I got hooked into overlanding. If you've seen any of the overlanding movies or uh, stuff on YouTube and mm -hmm. uh, those, and I've kind of gotten into uh, an interest in that because we like to take drives. And sometimes, you know, we'll go and camp in an area and do some day trips out of that. But, you know, when you work, you're only there for a couple of days and then come back. Or you got to take a vacation to go and do this. But usually it's family oriented on a lot of your vacations. So it's hard mm -hmm. to take just a week and just go and ride and play somewhere. I've got daughters in Alaska and, and down in California. So it's a long ways for South Central Idaho to just go. And so we have to plan our trips to be able to go and see our daughters. But. We uh, just looking at some of that stuff. I mean, Colorado would be great. I know that there's my uh, brother was in the park service there. And I know there's a lot of restrictions that are in there, but there's a lot of trails that are open. Um, and Utah's got some beautiful country in it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful colors, colors. That's the, the rock. You can go down to canyons down there and you just got all like seven or eight different colors in the rocks. Wow. Yeah. So we just, you know, to it. And we'd love to go back East and just experience some of the, some of the trail system that you guys have back there too, just to get a well-rounded. Definitely. Um, there's, I mean, between Kentucky, 
West Virginia, Virginia, and uh, even Pennsylvania is really doing a lot of amazing things. And North, you know, Western Pennsylvania, and um, you know, even Northern New Hampshire is, you know, you want to see something awesome. Get to uh, Northern New Hampshire in the beginning of October, and you you'll never experience a fall like that. Oh yeah! Until you see something like those, so there is definitely a lot to see. Um, and then uh, there's one thing on mine is I really want to go check out the caves in uh, West Virginia and the, you know, the old coal mining caves that you can actually yes. ride through. If oh, you're yeah. Yeah. And, yes. Uh, I've seen those on YouTube and I'm going, Oh, that'd be just awesome. Yeah. Just completely different, unique and so forth. And, but uh, yeah, so that would really be a good time. Um, so uh, what, uh, what are some of the things that, uh, fellow enthusiasts in your area can do to come help you this year and, uh, you know, become a club member for one, <laughs> but well, beyond yeah, that. Know, it, it, for, our, for our club, it's, it's not that expensive to become a member and you get a lot in return and that's all. And, you know, but it, the, uh, the thing is, is it's the numbers. Um, we know that there's a lot of, we're just a small tip of the number of people that are riding you know, ATVs, motorcycles, mm -hmm. and side um, But it's it's the numbers that we can help and the money that we can help go towards funding legislation, whether it's positive le legislation we want to see through that's going to help us, mm -hmm. or if it's to, to battle the legislation that's going to be a hindrance to our, that are to what we want, right. our recreational um, interest. Um, so we... We, we try to advocate for everybody is to come out and help us. Like I said, just a day, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we put in, we'll put in a couple of weekends, um, usually depending on what we've got going, projects we, need, we couldn't get done the year before and try and get finished up. And we can, we can cover several miles depending on what it is we have to do. You know, we right. try to brush as we have certain trails in the South Hills, we try to brush. Um, so that you can see the rocks because you know steep country you're going to have your trail system but then you have the right here you have that steep hillside you got grasses that are falling down you got sagebrush that's overgrown so you can't see during the course of the of the uh, environmental impact how sometimes there's a rock that might stick out on that uphill side and everybody kind of um, whether it's a, a single track motorcycle a bicycle or a hiker or a, a equine rider they want to hang to the outside away from the hillside but for for atvs side by sides when they're good they're going to want to stay away from the edge so that they don't fall off and so sometimes they don't see that rock and they hit it and it launches them over before you know it so we've had that happen with one of our members he, he flipped it he um, broke his pelvis punctured a lung uh, we had to airlift him off the top of the mountain Mm. Uh, that's kind of what happened he just he just didn't see the rock and before he knew it it was already up and over right so get out and help um join a club then you that keeps you informed of what's going on it keeps you informed of what issues that we've got going on and uh be that voice mm -hmm. um, i know there's a lot of uh facebook groups which is great you're you're a group um, I'd like to see some of their administrators say, hey, you know, we heard this group's going to be doing some work and a lot of it's volunteer work. Mm -hmm. We can get up there and we can accomplish a lot on helping get some of these projects cleaned up and finished. 
Certainly. I mean, you just, Forest Service, their funding for trail maintenance goes goes away a lot. I don't know out of this next this new legislation that came through prior to this new um, administration, how much is going to help with the um, trail maintenance and stuff. But I do know that we that our sticker fees is just twelve bucks a calendar year, mm-hmm. and on your machine, what that goes is is an IDPR, our Idaho Department of Parks and Recreation, has some trail cats. They just put on another crew uh, for the uh, trail rangers, and they travel around the state, which you know that's far and few between. Try and get these guys to do a lot of projects. Um, they have some trail cats, and they come in and do a fantastic job. And usually, a trail will stay pretty good for a few years, so it's just just a little cleanup that we have to do. And then some of them, we have to do some major work because it's just the demographics of the hillside or the area. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, really, uh, you know, just get out there, get involved, help, you know, many hands make light work. And, it, and it's it fun because you meet people that's like-minded. You're having fun doing a activity that's going to help the sport along and help sustain the sport. And you're showing the, public landowners that are, you know, allowing them, you know, to use their land and such that you're taking care of it. Yes. And it just puts another bullet in your guns per se to help protect and stave off you know, the bad incidents. Well, it is. And, you know, I, I found a quote one time and I can't remember um, exactly. And I've been trying to find it again. It was uh, Forest Service, the director of the Forest Service, the Department of, of uh, Agriculture at the time. Mm-hmm. And basically what he said is, is the, the management of public lands will be easy because the users are going to argue. They're going to fight. And if they can't cooperate, it's easy for them because they can just go in and say, well, you know, you guys aren't getting along. So we'll just have to go. And, and I've seen that happen in areas where a collaborative effort is put in a, a trail and this is back in the single track days, but everybody complained about the noisy, stinky motorcycles. And so the motorcycles said, Hey, you know, we don't really need this trail. We got those other areas to ride. So they quit. Then the hikers and the, and the horseback riders complained about the bicycles being too quiet. So they couldn't hear them coming down the trail. So they had, were trying to get them to have to put bells on. So when they're going around blind corners, they'd ring their bell. They stopped. And then you ended up, with the complaints of what was being left on the trails. And it was just, and to this day, I don't think you can go and find that trail anymore. Right. Benches are already sunken down into the soil. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. That's too bad. It's, it is. It is. It was, a be- it was a beautiful trail. I mean, it gave you a good vista of the Boulder Mountains and the Sawtooth and the Smoky Mountains and out of the Wood River Valley. Right. That's what it is. Well, maybe one day it'll come back. Or who knows? I, you know, it probably will. It probably will. Mm-hmm. But I well, doubt if you'll see a motorcycle or a motorized unit on it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, if uh, people want to get information about your club or reach out to your club, how would they get a hold of you? We have a website mm-hmm. at mvatvr.org. And okay. We just have all kinds of information about our club and there's some links in there to the maps that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to try and keep up to date with some of the publications from the forest service and the BLM that affects our writing area too. So. Okay. Very good. And uh, do you have a Facebook page or no? No, we don't. Okay. We, well. uh, we, because of the size of our glue, our, our group, 
we've um, gone to the website and we also have for members, there's a member section only because if we, if you advertise a lot of your rides and they're too big, you're, you can get yourself into trouble with our public land manager. Right. Right. Cause uh, public that's a events. Lot of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So by keeping it private and just keeping it with our own, then we can avoid some of those things. Sure. Certainly. Certainly. Well, Kent, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, your stories with us and definitely talking about Idaho. What a beautiful state. And, oh, uh, yes. And I had one, I let's see, where is that? You had on here the, was the president of uh, Motorcycle, the OHV group is in your area. I can't think of his name. It just, it just skipped me. Oh, um, in my area? Yes. Uh Maine or something like that? Well, there's, I'm in Massachusetts, but uh, Andy Grignon is in New Hampshire. And then I have another gentleman down in uh, Maryland uh, that was on recently. Um, uh, Maryland, I think it was because he said he wanted to come to Colorado and Idaho. And he's, oh. he's a motorcycle rider. Yes. I can, I can hook him up with some country for motorcycle riding that he will just will not believe. Absolutely. We're talking, well, we're I'll make sure I uh, get him acquainted with you and uh, you guys can hook that up for sure. Oh yeah. I can, so, I, I'm sure I can get a hold of him and get him hooked it up with our uh, counterparts over at the Magic Valley Trail Machine Association because they have a large uh, complement of people that ride the motorcycles. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you could go backpacking on your motorcycle. That's how far you can ride in these areas. Right. Right. That would be cool. Well, yeah. Got to make that happen. That's what this yep. is about. Getting people to meet each other from across the nation and so forth. And yeah, it so, is. Well, very good, sir. Well, thank you very much again. Well, thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, be able to do this. Absolutely. Anytime. And you keep up the good work with what you're doing.